Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. We're your hosts, Zara and Hien. And before we get started, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Even though we're a podcast that believes in decolonizing, we're still bound to the algorithm. So every little bit that you can help us out, we really appreciate it. And we thank you for all the support. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. It is Zara and Hien today. We are here with our, my dog and our mid-season episode. I don't know if Hien will have edited that noise out, but um, we are just checking in with each other today, checking in. We would love to hear from you. So if you end up hearing this and you want to send us a little check-in, that would be great. Um, but yeah, we hope you're doing well and the election is tomorrow. We are all living on the edge of our seats, as you can tell what I'm thinking about. And what's on your mind today? Well, uh, what's on my mind today is about Twitter, because you just said the election and oh, I'm remembering that, you know, Twitter is um, exploding, imploding right now. And thinking about how social media, how Twitter might have an effect on the election. Um, I did not prepare notes for this. We were, we were, this is the most winged episode I think we've ever done. But Elon Musk recently bought Twitter. And he basically tweeted recently about voting for Republicans. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's I. I didn't ever get into Twitter. I tried to, and it it's too much for me. My old brain doesn't <laughs> doesn't take in information that way. Um, I just never got the hang of it. But it's been really scary to watch, um, and I. I think it's interesting that you said might have an impact on the election to me it's a like of course it's having an impact you know what I mean like it's giving a platform to people who it's I don't even think it's necessarily intended to give it I mean I obviously there is an intention on some level to give people a platform but uh I think it's more to just sow chaos and discord like do you think he's an actual idiot who just spent $44 billion to buy a company that was not worth $44 billion and has been losing money for the last couple of years, like because he's an arrogant prick or is it because he benefits from destabilizing democracy in this country? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I feel like, you know, it's really hard to tell with him sometimes because he can be such like a troll like he's known as like a shit poster on twitter so like it's like hard to tell like what to take seriously and what to not with him and i think back about a conversation that we had together like not not on like on the record but now it will be remember when we were trying to talk about his enneagram type and that's all i'm thinking about is i just remember that you think that he is a competency type and maybe a one and so I'm just thinking like is this something an unhealthy one would do uh and I mean it's interesting 
interesting to me that he is choosing Twitter as like, I don't know, the hill to die on um, and kind of embarrass himself over. But also it is like what you said, like if he's using it to benefit himself, because yes, it does impact like the election and just politics and what people think to his benefit. And he has a lot of fanboys. That's kind of what I'm wondering is I would love, and I do not, don't write into us. I don't want to hear from you if you're listening to this fucking podcast. And I don't, please don't send us mail about how you feel about Elon Musk. But I am genuinely curious if you like Elon Musk, like what, what people who like Elon Musk, like what's the deal? What do you feel right now? Because uh, he looks like a dummy. He looks, I don't understand how anything that he's saying right now, people are like, yeah, he's like a fucking genius or he's, I don't know, good things they say about him, I guess. Uh, I think it's, I, in, I'm, I do remember us having conversations about Elon Musk. I don't remember thinking he's a one. Um, I don't, I do believe the, the reasoning that you gave definitely is, are the words that came out of my mouth. So I'm not like doubting that by any means, but I don't remember that. Cause I, when you were just talking about his type, I was like, oh, did I say he was a three or an eight? Um, but I do agree with competency type. So I do wonder now one or three, cause I do like, there's elements of wanting to be the best wanting to uh, this is just giving me very Donald Trump vibes you know what I mean then I think that man is an unhealthy three if I had to guess and I think his dad was an eight which is why I think he was often mistyped as an eight or maybe he is correctly typed because I don't know everything there is to know about the Enneagram because no one does that's really interesting um yeah I well, the thing I'm thinking about is, so, so so some stuff that's been happening on Twitter, if you don't know, is he said that comedy is back. And yet, um, you know, people with verified accounts are taking the opportunity to be funny by pretending to be him, right? So they changed their name to Elon Musk. They changed their profile picture to picture of him. And so there's a check mark after the Elon Musk um, but their username, like the at is still like their own. Um, and they're like posting things that make him look bad. And he's been suspending them. Um, and so there is an, I don't know, there, there's something about it that feels like an image type thing of like, he's suspending people who are making him look bad, even though it's for parody purposes, which supposedly he says you're allowed to do. Um, so there is that element that's like hmm, that's interesting and another thing I found out and I don't actually know if this is true this is just something that I've been seeing is that people are saying that they had blocked him a long time ago but even though they blocked him a long time ago they're starting to see his tweets again or like he's only muted because he like unblocked like the people who blocked him like he like unblocked himself and so they're seeing his stuff again and so I thought that was interesting too because that also feels like that's like a three move to me but also like like I, we, we should say like, we don't know Elon Musk personally. Yeah, We are actually I, not sure about his type. And you know what? I don't want to know him personally. I'm going to say have, that. Yeah. Zero desire to talk to that man ever. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because there are behaviors where I have specific, now that I'm thinking about it, I do, I think, I can think of specific instances where I think one would come up, but I do think really when it comes down to the parodying thing and not being able to take a joke of himself. Um, Hank Green, I believe, said this on Twitter where he was like, you know, I think it's really interesting that people who are claiming freedom of speech either and like wanting to protect freedom of speech actually just want to control what is being said. You know, and like uh, when we think of people who want to control what is being said, I personally think of our momager in action, Chris Jenner, Enneagram 3, is this the same kind of behavior, you know what I mean? But in a different form. No, I love that you just brought up the momager all of a sudden. I was like, oh, oh yeah, like she, yes, she is a quintessential PR spin master. Um, yeah, I. it is interesting, though, because what my mind went to is just uh, people who want to control speech, like fascism, right? Like my mind just went straight to like, well, that's fascism for you which is um, not good, but we're becoming normalized here and I hate it. Oh my God. I just had a thought. Do you think that um, like the intensity of PR in America, like public relations and trying to control the story and the narrative, do you think that contributes to fascism? Because it is so much of like, it is truly just a manipulation of the narrative and to keep people talking and to keep the vision in one specific way. And like, is that in some way undermining our democracy? Because think about all of the like elected officials, all of the famous people, um, like so many people have a PR team, right? Like, is that contributing to fascism? You know, I'm sure that is somebody's like PhD thesis right there. Or it will yeah. be if it hasn't been written yet. Yeah. I think, oh, it reminds me back to my undergrad years. I took a class on mass media and politics. So it was like, a, it was a political science class, but it was also about like mass media and communications. And I learned about this term called pseudo-reality. I think it was, which basically means that like, what we see in the news or the narrative that we see from the reporting, um, even done with like the best intentions, even as objective as they might try to be, is actually not actual reality. Because actual reality is like what you would actually, like if you were actually there and experienced it. And, experienced it. and so um, I just think about how, unless you're at their first hand as like, what is it called? Like a primary source, right? Then your idea of the world in many ways, your narrative does get skewed by whoever fed you that narrative and taught you that thing. Yeah, I think the idea of a pseudo-reality is something we experience a lot. That's fascinating. Um, and it does really align with the idea of, wow, that's, that's like a whole thing with pop culture and celebrity culture and all of that then because pe people have these experiences we get 
second or third sources, primary source, like they're not primary sources, right? They're secondary sources. They're articles about it. They're people who saw it or they're even third sources where it's like someone like us talking about a thing that happened, like shaping our realities. I do truly wonder what that does to all of us and our concept of reality. Like our understanding of what is going on in the world and what is real. And it leads me back to a thing we talk about quite regularly in this, on this podcast, which is that it really comes back to being part of your community because you need to be part of like primary source creation. And like, when we look back on primary sources, we're not like, oh, remember everyone experiencing this one thing one way? It's like, oh, look at all these like journal entries and letters and things about this one experience that we got from all of these different perspectives of the people who lived in that area at that time. Um, yeah, so I, I do think we have such a skewed, I'm, I'm sorry that this is really far from Elon Musk. I know we really like talking about him here, but yeah, it's fascinating how far we've skewed our reality and continue to. And I don't even know if it's skewing because I don't know. What are you, it, are we skewing reality with this? Is it an interweaving? Is there some sort of combination? Do you have thoughts on, am, am I down a rabbit hole? Nobody understands that's listening and that's okay too. Well, the only thing I'm thinking about is that we are entering philosophical conversation territory, which I know we love, um, but also like, I don't know that I know enough off the top of my head to get into like a deep philosophical discussion, because then the next thing I, I it becomes like um, epistemological, because then it's like, well, how do you know that what you know is truth, right? Like, it's like, how do you know that you know that? Like, is reality subjective? Is truth subjective? And then it goes, now that, that the, I just went into like three different like rabbit holes right then and there. Um, and so I, I, I mean, I'll swing it back a little bit because you were talking about us having like the PR machines and how that might undermine our democracy or how, how does that undermine our democracy? How does that lend its way to fascism? Um, well, I think, yeah, <laughs> like, like basically, yes. Like, like I, I feel as if, so like what's been really difficult for me just thinking about watching the events that has been happening in our country for the last, I don't know, several years, maybe longer than that about how we're slowly, it feels like we're slowly descending into fascism, sometimes slower, sometimes faster. I was going to say it doesn't feel slow anymore, but yes, it yes, yeah. it was slow like, for a long time. There were like, yeah, a long time. It felt slow, but now it's feeling kind of fast. I'm, I'm thinking about how like frustrating it is for me because I'm somebody who is on the left. And so I, so my sort of like perspective or my reality is seeing that like, we are here where we're at because there were so many enablers along the way. Like, I don't like, it, it feels very much like whatever you want to call it. If you want to call it the status quo, the centrist, the neoliberals, um, the democratic party, like the status quo cor corporate Democrats, right? Like what, whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, the, the moderates of the country and such, whatever you want to call it, it feels to me like the way that they present reality is definitely skewed a certain way. 
and ends up enabling the far right and the fascism that we're seeing that's happening, not slow anymore, but sadly kind of fast. And that's just been really hard for me because it feels very like this was avoidable, y'all. Like, like we could have avoided this. It didn't have to get this bad. And oh, look, it's going to get worse. For why? Because there's a like the like they have skewed the message in a way that feels very like for my life and my experience and true but they're selling so many of us the message right of like the both sides right how many times have we heard the both sides and respect diversity of opinions and you know just very um I don't know how to say just like milk, milk toast milk toast way of thinking about the center and how that's that's the ideal that we have to strive towards is this center of like free speech meaning for everybody and I'm like wait 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 for everybody um okay this might be a little one off topic too controversial and I deeply apologize for this if it is, and if I need to be called in, someone please fucking do that. Um, but, and if this needs to be edited out, Hian, feel free, go ahead. <laughs> um, but the way you're talking about centrism and like how we have respectability politics and it makes me think of the word tolerance. And I feel like a lot of people think you know how we say like, oh, don't let the past repeat itself. Or if you don't learn history, it's doomed to repeat itself. And people say that quite often about the Holocaust. And I think that we've in like collectively internalized the idea that the message from learning about the Holocaust is that we need to have tolerance for people who are different from us. And I personally think that's the wrong message yeah, we do. I don't think tolerance is enough for anyone. So that's that part of it. But I do think, I think the message is that when you see somebody acting blasé, uh, passive, uh, neutral, complacent in the face of seeing someone actively spew hate, uh, bigotry, uh, intolerance, other deeply problematic things that you don't just go along with what's going on. Like, I think that's the wrong, you know what I mean? Like, I think everyone kind of was like, yeah, hate is bad because we shouldn't like genocide people. And it's like, I mean, yes, but we shouldn't ever let it get to the point where genocide is a question. Once we start seeing that, we all need to be going, hmm, I don't think going along to get along and trying to be respectable with everyone is what we need to be doing. We need to be educating, uneducating, like the people in mass when we start to see this kind of behavior. And I think that is where a lot of Democrats really fell fucking short um, in the past 20, 30 plus years where they were like, oh, we just got to teach them tolerance and we got to be tolerant to them. And it's like, no, you're seeing that people are still holding ideas and beliefs that are harmful to other people. Go back to the fucking river, 
see where people are being thrown in that bishop that archbishop desmond tutu quote where it's like at one point when everyone's going in the river you have to like go back and see why they're coming in you can't just keep pulling people out of the river when we started having mass shootings when columbine like so many points and i can see in our history and i'm sure other people who have more educational background on these events could outline that but you can think of so many moments where it should have been okay maybe the issue here isn't tolerance maybe the fact that we're being tolerant of hate we're being tolerant of fucking patriarchal bullshit capitalistic bullshit fucking valuing people over or money over people and bottom lines like that's where we should be drawing the line instead of going well they did help me get reelected, so i guess we need to like consider what they want like fuck the oil industry yeah oil industry i'm coming to you you aren't going to be one of our sponsors uh i will stop talking and yeah i'm just curious as to what you had to say about what i had to say <laughs> Well, I actually don't think the things that you say are very, very controversial, but maybe that just because it reflects my own my own sensibilities and where I'm at about these things. Uh, but when you start talking about tolerance, it does remind me of two things. Uh, the first thing it reminded me of is something called the paradox of tolerance, which basically said what you said is like, yes, being tolerant is great, but you don't want to tolerate the people who wouldn't tolerate you kind of thing, right? Um, so I'll probably link um, a resource on that for people to read about it. I first saw it in like a little graphic, I think, like an infographic comic style about that idea. And um, I thought it made a lot of sense because if we're gonna say we're gonna tolerate the fascists, well then what happens to us? like they're not going to tolerate they they do not tolerate us so um they'll just get rid of us really fast and that's what we're seeing happening not slowly anymore and then the other thing I thought about is gosh I'm such a yoga teacher at heart I'm thinking about ahimsa I'm thinking about the idea of ahimsa being non-violence or non-harm and how it is not passive it is not a passive thing and I think that is part of the issue that happens when we think about like the PR narratives and like what we learn or what's fed to us from the media is people talk about nonviolence being an ideal but they mean it in a very like passive way so like people see violence being like property damage right property damage is violence uh gun violence is violence war is violence but then also they have a way to ignore like how poverty is violence racism is violence lack of health care is violence they don't they don't include violence into those things because those things are kind of like um well i'm not actively harming someone uh, but if the system is racist towards you, then like, oops, what am I supposed to do it? Like, well, I'm not, you know, I want you to have health care, but the system doesn't want you to have health care. The system wants you to stay poor. Like, what does that have to do with me, right? Like, they don't see those things as like big violent issues. Um, but I think about Ahimsa being like, how can we disrupt the harm as well? But of course, my teachers are like Susanna Barkataki types. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll, I don't know, Zara, anything you want to add to that? 
Yeah, I also just want to say I loved your, um, I didn't love your examples of violence. I wish there weren't like examples that existed, but I want to add a big one, which is violence against homelessness and the homeless and the houseless population, the unhoused population. Um, because think about all of the benches where they cut them up so you can't lay on them or like where they make the ground spiky so you can't sit there or lay down like that is violence towards people who have nowhere to go and no system that supports them through whatever injustices and experiences they are having. Um, and it is hard to see a system where we don't see people stopping violence because they don't feel like they have the choice. And I think that if we take away nothing else from this episode, I want to add, I want to put out that it's really hard to live a life of integrity, especially in the world that we're living in, where every day and in every moment with every decision you are faced with a complex ethical dilemma. Do I order Uber Eats? Is that person being paid well? Do they have food security? Is uh, the people being that are working at that restaurant being paid fairly? Like, is this ethical for my budget? You know what I mean? Like, am I being a response? Am I making a responsible choice for myself? Like there are endless amounts of ethical dilemmas in every choice that we make. And if you watch The Good Place, you obviously have an experience with something that uh, like pieces of media that discuss that, which is why I love The Good Place. But it's about our individual actions on every level and every choice we make. And I don't mean that in a way to stress anyone out because I often find myself stressed out <laughs> by the idea of trying to live in integrity in this world. But when you see something that doesn't feel right, when you are taking part of something or you're like, you have the choice in that moment. Sometimes, obviously, sometimes you are working for a paycheck and you don't have that opportunity. But when you do, like, take it. And sometimes that means you're going to have to risk the things you have and the things you love. But I don't know. At the end of the day, we're all in this together. And if <laughs> if you are contributing to the harm of other people, you are contributing to the harm of yourself, you know, like, and maybe not on an immediate level, but everybody's life gets better when there's less racism. Everybody's life gets better when trans folks have access to the healthcare that they need, when homeless people, uh, sorry, unhoused people have access to the services that they need, when they have roofs over their head, when they have food in their bellies, like everyone is benefiting from that. And if you don't understand why you're probably not listening to this podcast but on the off chance that you are <laughs> your life gets better when the people around you's lives get better <laughs> so like make choices of integrity love your community I don't know Kian stop me from talking I don't want to stop you from talking because I feel like what you're saying is really moving like it's moving me and and I think part of the challenge is sometimes again because of where we're quickly falling into fascism uh we're living in you know pretty apocalyptic times for just how it feels and 
this the narrative is skewed in such a way where it's hard to recognize for some folks right because it's like so normalized in many ways that sometimes when you act with integrity it's not going to be acceptable like you're gonna get pushback isn't that wild like isn't that the wild thing that as you're talking about integrity I just think about yeah but it's kind of unpopular like the idea of like the hero with integrity is in all our books and movies but in real life we don't really like that person that's the annoying person who's calling us in about something or reminding us of like that's like the person who's like the buzzkill or whatever right like oh you're reminding me of all this horrible stuff happening in the world and I don't like it you know <laughs> it's, it's it's like that person sometimes or like oh how dare you go out of your way to protest in the middle of the street when I'm driving to work or to the mall or whatever right um so that's just something that I'm thinking about and um, I wondered, I wondered if it was okay to talk about what we found out happened um, recently on our Twitter pages. Oh my God! Yes, please, because we are experiencing our own Twitter nonsense from Mr. Musk. Yeah, I don't. I and I don't even know necessarily if it's Elon's fault or just just even that system they have. I actually think it might have just been this way for a while and maybe we just didn't know until someone told us. But um, so we're on Twitter and we don't really have a lot of followers on there, but I go on there to sometimes retweet interesting things or just to post like links to our podcasts or like little video clips of our podcasts. Similar to our Instagram. And from what I know, we haven't had this problem in, on Instagram, but if you see this on Instagram, please let us know. But one of my friends was telling me that when she tries to retweet or even like one of our tweets, that this uh, notification pops up that says, this tweet may link to a harmful website. Help keep Twitter safe for everyone. Want to reconsider before liking? And the links are usually to our Podbean that just goes into our you know, our podcast page, or sometimes it would be our sub stack. Um, but I think it's probably, I think from what my friend had showed me, she um, screenshot and also um, sent me a little video. It seems to be to um, our Podbean link, um, which is so interesting to me um, because I don't know. I don't know what that means. It, it just feels like very telling of, I don't know, it, it feels symbolic of some type of overarching story about everything happening in the world with fascism and and uh, the pseudo reality that we live in and the leftist perspective um not being taken seriously or just people don't even want it like bye um yeah well yeah because also like uh, a friend of mine had told me after we had a conversation about this is that Conspirituality, which is a podcast that debunks uh, conspiracies in the wellness world, they have been banned from Instagram and they've had trouble getting their stuff out as well. So it does make me wonder if there is, because wellness is such a minefield of 
conspiracy rabbit holes where like at any point you can just fall down one of them. Uh, it does make me wonder if they want to kind of suppress content that does counteract that stuff or like creates it as more than that or creates wellness as more than weird conspiracy theories and like diet culture and pseudoscience. Um, because there is a lot of money to be made there. You think of all your flat tummy teas, all of your detoxes, your green juices, your yoga mats, your yoga clothes. Like I'm naming five things and I can, earn, that's billions of dollars in, in industries. You know what I mean? So it's like, there is a lot of money to be made there. I don't know. It really is a question that I think is worth asking. And I, I would love to find some other pod bean, people who post links to their pod bean and see if their links work. Um, if we can find that, because it is weird. Yeah, it is very weird. And yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, if you're listening, and you have a Twitter, uh, please follow us and retweet anyways, (laughs) like anyways, (laughs) that would help a lot. And um, same with, you know, our Instagram, um, if you see anything weird pop up like that, I don't really know what's happening, but I do know that my first reaction when my friend sent that to me, I was like, I'm going to fight Elon Musk. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just really weird. Um, Zara, anything else you want to share? Um, not really. I just do also want to add, if you could rate and review us wherever you listen to this podcast, that would be great too. Um, Because as we said, they are actively trying to (laughs) silence wellness content that doesn't promote conspiracy theories. Maybe don't include that. I don't know. Do include it. Fuck it. That's a thing that's happening. I don't know if it's happening to us, but rating us is really helpful for the algorithm, which we all need. We all hate. It's part of the ethical choices we have to make every day. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I Wait, can I add that one of the quote unquote, ethical choices that I question quite regularly is I'm sure that now that they're going to update the algorithm to fucking figure me out more, but I try to go for stuff that's not in my algorithm at all or not in my demographic quite regularly to try to mess it up. Cause I, I don't believe in the internet having that much control and power. Like I don't believe in these algorithms running our lives. It makes me real stressed out. Did you watch that? Sorry let's end this conversation um because I was going to ask have you seen a documentary and then we'll get into a whole other discussion and because we want to be sponsored by Theraflu which is giving he and the energy to get through this podcast right now um I want to be mindful of your energy so you can rest thank you Zara um yeah I don't really have much else to say because the thing is when this podcast gets released uh we will know a little bit more about how the elections went and a little bit more about twitter social media's impact on it like we can people will probably the day that the this pot this podcast released there will be a bunch of think pieces already on the election and what it means and all that and um Yeah, I guess all I have to say is um, do what Zara said and try to live with integrity. Yeah, and be gentle with yourselves. 
uh, you, it's, it is not acting in integrity to constantly punish yourself and aim for perfection and, you know, beat yourself up about things. And I have learned that the hard way. So <laughs> be kind to yourselves, act with integrity. Uh, we love you and thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. For bonus content, you can go to thoughtfulwellnessrevolution.substack.com and subscribe for $5 a month. You can also follow us on Instagram at Thoughtful Wellness Revolution to share your thoughts. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening. 